Good old boys. <laughs> Mark. <laughs> He's not going to get it. It's the best part. <laughs> nope. Totally clueless. Yeah. You don't know about the sixth house and the tribe unmourned. <laughs> no, I don't. I, those are words, but I've never heard them used strung together before. Fredo, you've been twisted into the nature's cruel mockery of a podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, uh, still got it? <laughs> never lost it. <laughs> Let's get that money. Uh, uh, um, Pee Wee's dead. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, that song brought me back and not to like childhood memories of watching Pee Wee's Playhouse or, or whatever, or the movie. But you, you you always loved that track. You used to you used to like randomly post it. Do you remember this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, that track is like um uh the classic Danny Elfman. Yeah, but it, it's so interesting because it, it's the, uh, music that's arranged like that now only exists in video games. You know what I mean? And probably not not in video games anymore. But yeah. Like, that isn't structured like a song, like the way, like, because Danny Elfman is God tier. Uh, but like, um, such a great song, like, um, the Tales from the Crypt and stuff like that, all that kind of thing. The, but that song right there is just sort of like, um, it's kind of playing with you. It's like a couple tricks put together. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the, well, someone asked who is Pee Wee. Pee Wee Herman was a, he was a, 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 a television character. It was Paul Rubens, the actor, <laughs> famous for, like, 1991, getting caught at an adult theater, cranking one out. It was in Florida, too, I believe, right? Yep. Like, like was it Tampa or something like that? They got, they got him in Florida. Could and you imagine had... explaining to somebody today that uh, someone was run out of Hollywood for masturbating? When I, when I looked back... <laughs> When I looked back at this story, I was like, you know, I I never thought about the time. I was like, I wonder if what kind of what kind of adult theater it was. But it was a straight adult theater. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how, how like what the timeline is, but like um, uh, you the pe- people didn't have porn at their house until VHS got going and really got going. I mean, they they did then. It was 1991, and certainly somebody rich. I, I, you know, I think he was just down bad, or 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 what, or maybe you know, I or, guess that's I mean, part of or that was part of the his deal, right? Like he got yeah. off on doing it like in public, like that. You yeah, know, and, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I looked one of the names of the like I looked at the names of the movies that were playing. It was in the news article because I figured I had a different concept of how this went down than reality. One of them was like Nurse Rhonda. Like, oh, okay, that's just like regular old '90s pornography, right? Just big busty blonde ladies. Ron Jer- what- you mean like Ron Jeremy de- uh, delivering a pizza? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, it wasn't like he was. It was a weird. Um, well, I mean, no, it's a legitimate question because. Um, well, it is weird. I mean, it is weird to go to a a, a movie theater and crank it uh, in a, in a dark room full of a bunch of other perverts. That is that is that is weird. But like, Hollywood has 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 caught up to him, you know. Yeah. I was it was I made a I made a post about this like you know Sinead O'Connor also died, and it's funny because she was really the mostly famous for ripping up that picture of the Pope on Saturday Night Live, right? And, and 
Well, her, she was a talented singer. Of course, she was, but that's not what people remember her for. They remember her for that because she, and then she later in life became an insane person. But it's like the the media industry caught up with her, like it, it, like the stuff she was saying stuff about, you know, like how she hated white people and all that stuff. Now that's just kind of expected. I had the game. Yeah, yeah, she was she was so far ahead of the game that she wouldn't even be interesting now. Like the Paul, like the Paul Rubin story today would be it wouldn't be good for your career but it would not it wouldn't be like it wouldn't end it like it ended his oh i mean uh, i think it would because remember so like he started as like a, a regular comedian right he was in the groundlings in the 70s yeah but then by the time this all happened he he had a children's show so like i do yeah. think if you got caught doing that today you would still get fired from your children's show did what that what's different is like he was out of everything for a while until he had a comeback. He started uh, being in movies. I forget. Uh, he was in Blow. I remember that. That's what I was thinking of. He was in Blow. Like he wouldn't have had that long layoff nowadays. Like if he got fired from a kids show, he might have been able to just start doing like you know non-child oriented movies right away. I think. I, and his thing was, you know, he didn't really want to be doing a kids show. Like yeah, that was. I, that was sort of a backdoor thing. He thought that they they or they tried to make Pee Wee's Playhouse a success on like HBO or Showtime first because it was originally a uh, skits that they it did. It was a it. groundling skit, yeah, oh, like, okay. which was which was like an improv, I think improv like comedy <laughs> thing, maybe Chicago or something like that. But they were like that's one of the places that like a lot of people from Saturday Night Live ended up. I think you y'all remember uh, Elvira, yeah. I yes, think sir. She, she, I think she was part of that same troupe. I don't know if she was part of it at the same time he was. I don't know why I remember all this. I feel it's L.A. Okay, Spatchco corrected me. It's L.A., not uh, Chicago. Yeah, that's Second City. Is, uh, yeah, but I, I think she was in that, too, to, to kind of give you an idea of, like, what his scene was before he ended up on children's TV. Yeah, Corolla, yeah. Corolla did the ground length thing for a while, I think. Yeah, his thing was like, and this is this was really ahead of its time because now basically half of uh, entertainment is this, where like, it's it was supposed to be a like a, a a parody of a children's show, like because like the stuff the, the stuff if you like you watch like their the HBO version it was definitely was not for kids it was like, you know here here's it's ostensibly a children's show but it's really for adults. The thing is. That was funny in in nineteen eighty eight or whatever because it was unusual, but today that's everything. It's like something that's supposed to be for children that is actually not for children. It's for weird adults. That's that's like half of the stuff on Netflix, isn't it? Like, I mean, like every what, every what, cartoon now is, is that Disney, isn't that what Disney World is now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. Pee Wee's Playhouse was a massively high quality product. You can look at all the, the people on there. Oh like, yeah. Lawrence Fishburne was like just like a minor character on there. Like it was just uh Bill Hartman, yeah. You you had all, all these super talented people there. Uh it was especially competing against other children's shows. You ever seen the kind of kids shows they have now? Like they don't have people that are that talented on kids shows no more. You don't have Lawrence Fishburne doing shit like that. So Billy Zane too. Uh and so uh but you know, the th- one thing about like, well, why did this Pee Wee character get so big? Well, it, it is, it does seem tr- true that like with um, uh, who is a uh, little Miss Muffet set on a tuffet? Uh, uh, Andrew Dice Clay. 
Right. So Andrew Dice Clay, uh, first off, it's a character just like Pee Wee Herman. That's not like how he really is. Um, but if you take a ridiculous, ridiculous character and you really sell it, you really sell it. Like it's people have a very hard time picturing uh, Paul Rubens not as Pee Wee Herman. You know what I'm saying? You really, I mean, imagine trying to, I'm God, there's probably was a movie with uh, Andrew Dice Clay, but it would be rough trying to put together like a two hour flick with Andrew Dice Clay. You know what I'm saying? There was, there was Ford Fairlane. Was it any good? Because by the way, it wasn't very good. Just their silence. Was it any good? You had to think about that one for a minute. Uh, you know, most of the reviews, <laughs> most of the reviews about uh, if you find a bad review of of uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, it'll say basically like, um, uh, it, "It's I, I I couldn't stick with this crazy character for two hours. It's too it, it, it's something that's meant for skit comedy and stuff like that." But um, I don't know. I mean, so the thing about Pee Wee's Big Adventure is that what you're really getting is you're getting who's the director Tim Burton. You're you're, oh, you're you're getting a super talented guy like Tim Burton. And they say, "Hey, you think you can make movies? We got this Pee Wee Herman thing, and it's like, well, it don't matter what you think about Pee Wee Herman or whatever. You have this talent. You can have you. Can, you're going to be in the movies for a long time. You're going to be neck and you're going to have the same job and and respect." as all these big name Hollywood director, which is the job in Hollywood. Uh, if you can turn a big profit with, with, uh, with this Pee Wee Herman flick. So, uh, he turned this stupid Groundlings character into, uh, a really solid movie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm well, uh, uh, I don't really solid. Oh yeah. It's, it's solid. I mean, it, it moves, Right. Uh, the bet. I th- think about like um, at the end when they're at the theater, and uh, they're watching they're watching like a Hollywoodized version of the movie they're in. Who's the guy that plays? And it's it's uh, you know, it's not Farrah Fawcett, but it's one of those people that's playing Dottie. Uh, it's a movie with him. It, it's just it, it's just amazing. I don't know. There's a lot of, a lot of uh, meta humor. No, yeah, but I mean, remember, yeah. kids. I mean, I was a kid and I liked this movie, and most kids I knew liked this movie. James yeah. Brolin, yeah, yeah, James Brolin plays Pee Wee Herman in the Pee Wee Herman movie, yeah, and, it, and it's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, here, here's the thing, and I, I, I Morgan Fairchild. I, I also mentioned this when I talked when I was talking about Sinead O'Connor, like, uh, P, P, like the Pee Wee Herman stuff is it, it's its legacy is hurt by the fact that, that uh, some that media went in that direction. Like it, that, that show would not be as un is unusual to, and that movie would not be unusual today. People, people try to make this kind of media. Uh, I, I use the comparison of Andy Kaufman, right? Like, you, you, you know, you guys remember, you know, Andy Kaufman, the, he would do all the, I like Andy Kaufman. I, I well, of yeah. course, of course, you like Andy Kaufman because he he did the anti humor stuff. He did the wrestling bit, which was like one of the funniest things, one of the funniest things ever. But the thing is, if you think about his uh, legacy or whatever, if he was still alive today, he wouldn't be as he wouldn't be considered as much of a genius because like everybody tries to do that stuff now. He was yeah. the only guy really trying to do that who had who had any traction with it anyway. 
Well, I don't know. I mean, it's it's difficult to say because I'm I have to try to take myself out of myself because, you know, my initial thought is that like, well, you know, first off, these people don't really have any talent, and which, uh, because I mean, uh, and people like Andy Andy Kaufman, you can watch Andy Kaufman, everything like um all the stuff on the Tonight Show and stuff with Letterman unreal the guy was just un the guy was just an unreal actor blah, blah blah but uh now but but if i took myself out of this situation and look around at like um tim heidecker yes that's exactly where i was going yeah is that so so no one i mean this this kind of stuff or Wee herman or even or even uh anti-humor stuff that's not really what like aspiring edgy like aspiring comedians do if they're doing like skit stuff if they're doing skit stuff they do uh public access humor that's 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 the main thing and i mean you can be like uh you're someone that, that that's 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 like doing weekly sets at those like those uh main comedy clubs in la and stuff and if you if you do like youtube uh uh skits and stuff what you do is you do this kind of, this parody of public access television uh i assume more than likely that that uh people like tim heidecker and stuff probably made more money than than, than we'd want to admit i'm guessing that's the only way that like that is the form of human that is the form of like skit comedy now for like independent people and stuff you know what i'm saying well yeah when <laughs> because it lets them make fun of the the people they hate like well, that, it, it, it's easy to do but i mean it, i well first off d is public access still going on in major cities or something maybe. that's a good question huh? we have listeners in major cities let's see if they know because i don't i don't know hellbelly says yes okay that explains a lot because like i barely remember public access most of like public access that i've ever seen are like grainy clips of alex jones doing it and stuff I mean, it doesn't really feel like that universal of a human experience, but man, like, uh, our, our public, our public access thing was just this channel where it was basically a scrolling thing of the stuff that was happening in the Valley. And there would be a, a person talking about it occasionally. Like it wasn't, there was not, it wasn't a show. There were no weird people. It was just like, here's when the church is having a, uh, the mass nut and church is having a bake sale. I think that's it. That's all that the public access was for me. Because I didn't live in any of these places where they had all these wacky characters. Yeah, but I mean, the obvious thing, and thank you, illegitimate scholar, for bringing this up, is, well, if you're 22, there, like, there's this giant screaming thing over in the corner that says, if you want to make fun of amateurs on the air, it's called YouTube. It's called Twitch. And, like, like because, okay, every Gen Xer has this, like, for what it seems like, I didn't have that there's all these gen x people that have this sort of uh unifying experience sort of like um millennials like if you're a millennial boy you played like final fight or or x-men in the arcade well for gen xers that, that were like went to college and stuff they were smoking pot with their fraternity brothers and crazy people would come on public access that you would not sort of that, that wouldn't have the sort of like uh uh and and they were just it was this huge dynamic like uh tim brokaw has like a 300 uh, makeup and haircut and all this kind of stuff and then this these crazy lunatics come on 
public access Wayne's World. Like as Wayne's World, this joke has been like the biggest joke in the world for like 40 years because um yes, th this was like a specific thing. You were Gen X, you were going to college, you know, uh, and you got to see this crazy stuff. You were smoking pot at two o'clock in the morning on public access. But I don't know how common that is. Well, well especially if you're like, and I, I could show people examples of comedians that are under 25, that this is their primary trade. Is this public access humor? What the fuck are you doing? You, how do you? Sorry. Let me. Yeah. Let me also. There's a distinction to make here, and you can. Kaufman's a good example of this, right? So Kaufman kind of did the public access bit, but he did it with wrestling. But it wasn't like he wasn't like okay. Literally, what his 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 wrestling heel would do would be go to Memphis and and like. Uh, say uh, you all are smelly inbred idiots i'm from hollywood i'm smart you're stupid yeah. it, that was his heel character that's li like literally what he's doing my record it, is 301 I, right I, I beat every woman i've ever wrestled he's not doing this because he doesn't like the people in memphis and he and he thinks wrestling is stupid it's the opposite reason he loves wrestling he, he wants to he, like he's doing what a wrestler does when he when he's playing this character now, yeah. do you think that Tim Heidecker and I don't know what, what any of those unwatchable stoner shows from from that era? Do you think that they had like a respect for those people that they're like? Did they like that? Was that, was that something? That, were those kind of people that they looked up to or admired their profession? No, of course not. They're like they're what what they're doing is it's it's scorn, it's, der it's derision. You're making fun of these stupid you know, stupid weirdos and flyover people. That's like, and, and that's the, that's a big difference because, and we mentioned I've mentioned it before, but Norm Macdonald schooled some comedian on this. I can't remember who it was. They were talking about all the political impersonations they did on Saturday Night Live. Like that was used to be a famous thing that Saturday Night Live would do an impersonation of President Clinton or President Bush, and it was so funny and everybody loved it. And they asked him like, "Why do you think it's not as funny now?" And he goes, "Because they they hate like you can't do an impersonation of a person that you hate." You can't, you can't do, you can't be Donald Trump on SNL if you hate Donald Trump. It's going to come through in your impersonation. Your your skit's going to be mean spirited. It's going to become grist for the political grist mill, which is, is by the way, exactly what happened. Yeah, and it, it's a good point because it's like it, it didn't mean you had to like vote for the guy, but like you know, if like Dana Carvey did George H W Bush, right? Uh, I, you know, who know? I don't know what, what he felt about him personally, but you could tell he didn't think he was like an evil man. You know what I'm saying? Like there was a lot there. I think, I think he did Ross or maybe he did yeah, Ross Perot. He did Perot. He did Perot and Perot. Bush. Oh, he did both of them. Okay. Yeah. Same, similar situation there. You know what I mean? But it's very different for the reasons that you get, even the guy, um, who did Bob Dole. That was the last, the last one that I remember actually. Norm McDonald. Funny. It was Norm McDonald. Okay. That was the last one that I actually remember being funny were the Bob Dole impressions. Yeah. I, I remember watching that interview where they talked to where he said that, um, who is it? Carvey or Hartman. That was like the, 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 the whatever the, the, the guy that mimic people. Uh, there's some still, there's some still great, uh, uh, great impersonators. God, uh, there's, there's a guy or two from mad TV that had it. Uh, but anyways, um, they said like, you know, if you like, 
So anybody, so lots and lots of people can mimic people, especially people that have like a distinctive voice. Like anybody can go, my fellow Americans, you know, all that kind of shit. But like, if you want to be on primetime TV and get paid millions of dollars to do this, he said, you have to like Frank Caliendo. He's great. Yeah. Like you have to, like you watch this, you watch tapes of these people for hours and hours. And you try like you you're watching these tapes for these hours and hours. You're mimicking, mimicking, and you're trying to find things to to accentuate. You know, afterwards, and like afterwards, people would hear a Saturday Night Live impersonation of of Bill Clinton or a, or like George George because like the the George Walker Bush impersonation. It didn't sound all that much like. I mean, it, it, it wasn't, it certainly wasn't like you were just copying him. You sort of, you take what's peculiar about it and then you exaggerate that. And, but then that, then anybody could do it. Then anybody go, oh, cause like the, the Bill Clinton impersonation is like, it's really, the, it's really this. It's, oh, oh, you know, uh, the way he kind of sort of shakes a little bit back and forth and, uh, and all that kind of shit like that. It's not, it's not, it does not sound like a one to one copy of his of his uh of his voice yeah i mean you're not supposed to do that you're supposed to you're supposed to distill the essence of the person and and exaggerate it so uh, terrible terrible yeah like like <laughs> yes anybody can go terrible terrible but you couldn't do that until you had like uh you know a real pro bring that out of of charles barkley well, the churros in san antonio Churros, yeah. <laughs> anyway, there, uh, there are some some news stories today. Do we have any? We want to talk oh, by about- the way, so this thing about the this thing about the uh, what, what do you call it? The um, public access. Well, I guess it's not that bizarre because uh, you people have looked around. And you can see replies because, like, um, remember, like right now, you could be in any high level debate. Uh, so, like, if you look at sort of, if you look at uh, like debates about the like the the different iraq wars and stuff on on c-span or whatever like the top political minds at that time uh they all like they all all of them knew and had been taught and were expected to be able to like um if you were to bring up like um saint augustine's just war just war theorem that Uh. Right, Bob Saint Beef Augustine. is doing deep cuts from Catholic Aquinas. theology. Yeah, Aquinas. okay. Aquinas. 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 Yeah, well, Aquinas. Thomas yeah. Aquinas. You, you, you can bring up. Um, I'm, I'm thinking of Saint Augustine's floor. Uh, you, you can bring. <laughs> up, it, you know, if you're in the 80s or whatever, you have to. You have to say, well, what about what Aquinas said about about just war? And you, like, you can't just go like, uh, sorry, I didn't, I didn't catch that book. You know what I mean? Like, you, you have to be able to to deal with that. Yeah, well, you, yeah, you, yeah. You can say that. I can say I'm Protestant. Yeah, you. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, but but like, but now, and they didn't have Protestants when he was writing. Uh, but um, but now, like we're like, we're all pretending like you know. Right now, you can say, well, well, look what this politician is doing. This this is just like the staff shoots on, you know. But like, how far are we off from, like, a like really? This this is going to be a pretty foreign concept to a lot of like American elites. You know what I'm saying? No, what's going to be a foreign concept? Like, uh, World War Two. 
Hitler, Nazis. You mean the, the, like when are we going to get to the point where they don't use that anymore? Well, because the, it's too it's too remote. Because like you like uh, if you if you said something like this to me about something from the Franco-Prussian War, you're like, well, well, you well, you know. You you sound like just just like one of the the, the Thomist faction. Yeah, you, you sound you, like Otto von Bismarck. Yeah. Well, what 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 are you doing? You this sound like Bismarck. You can't talk like yeah, Bismarck here. Th that's no. never going to happen with World yeah. War II because that's the that we don't like this, but that is of the country we live in today, which is the United States in name only. World War II is the foundational myth. That's like well, saying like it's more it's. People will forget about George Washington before they forget about World War II. It, 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 I, I, I used to say this, too, and someone, someone made me modify it by something they said. That's kind of true. It is the religion of the people who run this country. That's their Old Testament story. The New Testament is the Civil Rights Movement. So it's kind of, it, it's both, but yes, like yeah, Hitler's the devil. actually your, yours is better. I, I'll go with that. You're, yeah. you're right. They'll never forget this because Hitler's the devil. Now what will happen and already has happened is that, is that, uh, like they'll forget what, like the important stuff about world war two. And I don't mean important, like the moral, but just like, they don't, they're not, they're not good. Like, uh, the high command, whatever, the Liebenstrom, they're not going to remember any of that crap. <laughs> what they will remember is that mustache man bad and every and, and my political enemies are mustache man. Well, we, we, you saw that too. Like, do you think, no, actually to use your analogy and keep it rolling, like there was a time before things got to where they are now, right? But but religion had still been been fading or whatever, traditional religion, where like you could talk about Adam and Eve and people didn't remember the particulars that, you know, <laughs> of that like, you know, Eve was the one that gave into the serpent and all that, but they could tell you Garden of Eden, naked people, snake. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I don't I mean, I don't know. I'm not so solid on this. Like it kind of depends on on sort of how elite institutions are managed because like i mean especially with the high numbers and stuff i mean like you could at, at all points in the past like 300 years you literally could staff like every uh of the elite legal offices every congressman's office every like all the doctors at john hopkins you could fill up all those positions you could fill up all those positions with like people who read greek and latin and who know all this kind of stuff and are, have a, a this kind of like eternal framework of like um even kind of like eternal framework of of foreign policy and government and all that kind of stuff they've all i mean yeah if you're talking about the nuts and bolts like do they understand these concepts and do they know what happened like you know, or this kind of stuff just as a language do they know what happened at kursk like no they don't know any of that stuff anymore they know that mustache man is bad and all my enemies are mustache man and this is a new uh uh h word i don't i don't know if you can say you, you can probably say that on patreon right i don't know but that or just you know compare everything to to the Shoah. That's just what they're going to do forever because it, it works. Now, the only exception to this would be when this religion dies, and it dies when it loses political control over the United States and the, and the United States budget. 
then then World War II will become like every other war in in distant history. People will remember it for like this is always something people would say about this. Like you know, Genghis Khan now is kind of a in in if you're a Western person reading the history, I mean he's not a good guy. No one's no one from Poland or whatever thinks like ah yeah Genghis Khan based. They don't he's he's a he, they consider him a bad guy, but it's not a visceral hatred anymore. And academics will argue that actually he he cleared out a lot of a lot of stuff and he, he established trade between the the East and the West and all this stuff. That that could you, you that could in theory happen with uh, with World War Two like a hundred years down the road, but only. And I mean only if this religion dies. If it doesn't, you this story will never go away. In fact, it will become like people. You know, it, it's very possible that in 2023, people in America feel much more passionately about the, the Third Reich than they did in like 1946. Because you know, we had we had like Werner von Braun shooting rockets to the moon for us. Oh, yeah, you know? I, th I think that's tr definitely true. I think it's yeah. because it's just sort of grown uh, in mythology since that time. And there's the belief. Uh, I mean, I didn't live back then. Right. I'm old, but not that old. So my sense is that back then, like they knew this shit was bad. And even after we found out about the Holocaust. Right. Like they obviously knew that shit was bad. But today we believe it's like a uniquely bad genocide. And historically that's just false, right? Like it's not even like, <laughs> it's not, I mean, there's other ones in the 20th century that are as bad, right? Like the genocide of the Greeks by the Turks, for instance, uh, or the one that sh shall not be named the Armenian genocide, or I don't know why I picked two Turkish ones. Just at random. You're, you're playing to the audience. There's one guy right now who's fist pumping, who's listening. So, you know, that, that works. <laughs> Okay. But like, yeah, I mean, it's just like, and those were, that's just like 20th century. Right. So like, I, like, I, you know, that's yeah. the part that has changed, right? Like there's this idea that this was historically unique and so much worse than anything that's ever happened ever in history. And that's just, it's not true, but that's now what we believe is like part of the national mythology. Well, I mean, gamers are facing a real genocide right now. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I don't know, like, it's, um, and this kind of gets into not just sort of like left and right or, or what people are like, uh, you know, a plan or something like that, which in terms of plan, I think like, um, and like, you talk about the progressive worldview as being a religion and be sort of, uh, uh, like devised by hand. Uh, let me tell you, that's not new at all. I mean, in and uh it's i this i mean certainly if you if you let me uh i like it, you have to do that like, like you don't really if you have the opportunity and you get into a really bad situation you kind of need to do this now and like let me give an example so like the best example is um is uh <clears throat> japan gets sort of invaded the whole world shows up and they need to modernize fast it's like uh, we just realized we're cavemen and we're surrounded by uh, people from the future civilizations. They have shit that we don't have, and a lot of that includes political stuff. Like, um, 
you know, if you have sort of old ideas about nations and stuff like that, and you run into a modern nation state that can draft people and shit like that, uh, you're like, well, we need this technology now. So they sat around tables and they literally created a, they, you know, they, they created this, this sort of, there's a specific name for the, uh, the sort of, uh, Shintoism, the late Shintoism, whatever that guys sat around tables and they're like, all right, what do you think about mm, homosexuality? And the guys are like, nah, I don't know. Uh, we should probably ban that so we can draft them in the military. I'll say, I, I, okay, we're good to go on that. Uh, and they had, they had to do this for everything. And so like, you know, the next day they went and shut down all the, the weird places downtown, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so that's, that's not that bizarre. And we, you, you pick and choose heroes and enemies of history the, the, in terms of the progressive thing. I don't know how much they care about world war two anymore, but the problem, and, and they like the civil rights act, that one feel they love that now. But the problem with civil rights is that they don't. Ha- there's no one like Hitler, and you gotta have you gotta have a bad guy. You gotta have Dagothur and the tribe unmourned. If there's no bad guy, you know it's like you know in wrestling, the bad guys who sells the tickets. The bad guy is yeah. you design the story line around the bad guy. Uh, it's it's all about the bad guy. That's sort of how how our mind works. The bad guy is the star. Uh, Dark Knight Rises. I mean, a lot of people can't remember who played Batman in that movie. Like, well, is it you know who is it? Who is Batman? It was a Patterson or blah, blah blah. But they sure as hell know Bane. It's all about the bad guy. But the problem with the Civil Rights Act is that they don't have a bad guy now. Like, if things had gone a little differently, or I don't know, uh, like if they had done it right, they could have used someone like um. Uh, George Wallace, definitely, definitely. I think George Wallace would probably be the, the highest running guy. When you say so, yeah, he would. I mean, hard to use though, because he all the way into the eighties was still like active in politics, and you know what I mean. Like, yeah, he would be the best guy. What they would have had to have done to do that though is he would have had to have like died. <laughs> you know what I mean? In yeah. like uh, in like. 1970 or something do you know what i mean like if if they could have killed him they could have actually done that right but they didn't and you know as time went on yeah it just sort of softened that image and they they kind of missed their opportunity yeah you'd like i mean so nixon is out there but the problem with nixon is that nixon and wallace like actively competed against each other yeah, and Nixon has been mostly actually rehabilitated. People have a much more positive uh, perspective on Nixon than they did in like 1980 today than they did in like 1985. Uh, and I think there's a variety of reasons for that. One is because he opened up trade globally, and and that became like a good thing. You know, there was like a law, and we don't like China now, but that's pretty new, right? We were told up until recently we had to love them and send all our jobs there. So, like, we've just had, like, 20 years of being told how great that was. Uh, and there's a variety of other things he did, too, that were, like, foundation. I am i don't really blame him for this because these these organizations could have been used very differently in the intervening period. Yeah. But, uh, but a lot of the, you know, agencies that are foundational to the way like the administrative state we're governed by today, like the EPA, uh, you know, like that was, that was a, a Nixon thing. 
of course the the dims were had a unimpeachable majority in 68 right didn't they i mean a a uh a, a whatever you call it, you can't unvetoable majority it, well, i don't know if it was a super majority they had <clears throat> they had yeah it, it was good times for them i also say you know in defense of nixon you know, the, the what he did with china made a lot of sense when you're like you're facing what they what america perceived as the soviet union and china together as a block breaking those two apart like increasing the the uh, the the pro the the it's like basically china and and the soviet union had always had some friction since the end of the chinese civil war to try to try to exacerbate that and, and drive a wedge between them that made perfect sense for an american president to want to do it at that time what didn't make sense was in in the in the 90s and 2000s like shipping all the manufacturing over there yeah i mean to be clear i agree with you like i don't i don't even i don't think nixon was a bad president or anything it's just like a lot of things that happened i don't know between say 1990 and 2010 right that got us in the situation where we are today you could even say unwittingly he laid the groundwork for, you know what I mean? I don't think he was like thinking that way, but of various things he did open the door to it. If that makes sense. I've been, I've been going, getting into a lot of, of Vietnam war content lately. Um, I love the Vietnam war. It's, it's so cool, but the problem, is, <laughs> like one of the, like, and so the, the, if you think the Vietnam war is cool, just because it's cool, uh, the coolest of the cool, or a lot of people will not listen to this will know, is Mac V. Sog. You know about this? Yeah. So I don't know a lot. Maybe I didn't know all that much about it. So th this was like the original special operations group. Yeah. Right. And so, and what was their 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 mission was basically like uh uh so the all the supplies for uh for the Viet North Vietnamese armies and and the Viet Cong were they would run run through the Ho Chi Minh Trail in Laos in Cambodia, yes? Yeah. And uh America was just terrified of ever getting caught m messing with those neutral nations, even though everybody knew that they were running all those soldiers through there. I just so, got fact checked. It was Studies and Observations Group. Well My it, mistake. You're, it you're... changed. It changed and they kept changing the name multiple times. Oh yeah, cuz uh, originally Vietnam was uh, we're sending in observers to watch what's going on and then eventually it was okay, we're we're actually training people and then eventually we were just straight up fighting the war. Sorry, continue. Yeah, which by the way, I mean, if you want if you want to win a war over there, you have to find some people and train them to win and stuff, which you know, they were doing the Montaguard, which is the same stuff that was in in the apocalypse now and stuff this they, they were doing what colonel kurtz was doing in the movie and it just seemed like it was so like uh so first off they kept this really secret and it, the, it did shit about the about mac v sog didn't leak out for like 20 years and the stuff that did leak out was wrong and stuff like that and uh if you were caught over there um, the, the United States would not take responsibility for you. You were not allowed to, you didn't have any, anything that identified you as an American. Uh, you didn't have American food in your system. You didn't have American cigarettes on you. I mean, you were just totally behind the wire and, and the United States military wasn't in charge of you. The CIA was, and you're like, okay. And okay. I don't, I don't you know, 
a lot of these stories that were, t- you know, people read these books afterwards were full of crap, but I remember one thing I read from one of these books was like that these, a lot of these guys, like the seals and, and the, Green the C- yeah, and the, and the, like, and also like the CIA had people where they're on the ground, like doing o- Operation Phoenix and stuff, like a Phoenix, sorry, a Phoenix program. What, one thing like you would have to do, they, they claim you would have to, you need to eat, you need to eat basically the same diet the Vietnamese ate for, for that reason. Cause like, you, you know, your, 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 your dookie would give you away as an American if you didn't. And B have like the, what, wherever your fire base was, you wanted your laundry to be done by the Vietnamese ladies there so that your stuff, your, your stuff didn't smell like you worked for uncle Sam. I don't know if that's true. No, no, well, that's, they, probably. Cause I, there's, there is a story that I do believe because it was, a. Uh, it was James, you know, James Garner, the, mm-hmm. you know, Maverick, right? You, mm-hmm. You've heard the story about him. He was in Korea. He was a Korean war hero. And uh, the, the the story that he told about his, his fight in Korea was he literally sniffed out, uh, like, uh, I don't know if it was, I think it might have been, China, it might actually have been a Chinese attack on the other side of the hill. They were, I guess they, they were coming across the, the, the ridge, and he could smell the garlic from whatever disgusting food they were eating and he, and he like alerted his men and they blasted i don't know if it was the chinese or north korean at that point like that's a thing or yeah. i said that was a thing i mean now now wars like are conducted like in the in the ukraine war everything there's like there's drones flying around and people have night vision and thermal stuff and that's not going to happen you're probably not going to sneak up on somebody you didn't know was there if you're if you're like an American special operative now, that's probably not going to happen, unless it's the Taliban in in the Afghan war. But well, it, it took like um, the distances were were a lot shorter in Vietnam. Like it took a long time for you to go anywhere because you're in the jungle. Um, but um, and so you so you hear all this stuff and you're like, okay, so they had some guys do this, do some you know. I would expect all those sort of precautions to be taken with a secret agent. If you're a CIA guy and you get dropped in 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 Russia or whatever, yeah, the government can't take responsibility for it. But now, when you're talking about all these men, and and, and they would take the cream of the crop. Do you know what IQ you had to be in Mike Backby's dog? No, one thirty, which is like, I don't know if it's one percent or five percent. So they're 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 and they're getting like. Really, really uh, super hot. So, they, and remember, these people are leaving the ordinary military. So, um, when you have this super, when you have super spec ops units, you, you, you know, you're taking those guys out of the regular military and using them as regular soldiers. So, there is a huge effect on the regular military. Okay, well, maybe it's so we take all these guys and put them in these secret units, and, and Mac V. Sog, and um, well, you know, we, 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 you know, we're not gonna, uh, and then next off. Mac V. Sog has over 100% casualty rate, which that doesn't mean you die twice. It means that um, it also includes injuries. But you're dead or you're injured no matter, like, like you're coming back in a hospital or body bag no matter what if you join Mac V. Sog. I don't know. Like, when you look at, looking at that stuff, it's like, that's just a huge thing of, like, maybe you shouldn't, like, I don't think that that's <laughs> worth it. And, like, why, like... We're, we're going to use up all, imagine you went to the United States military right now. Well, we have to do this thing. And you know, the thing about like, uh, 
who gives like what would have really happened if Laos or Cambodia said the United States violated our 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 neutrality agreement? If that is a game over for the United States, like what the fuck were we doing there? That's insane. Well, there's, I mean, in specific to Vietnam, there's you're, you're you you don't want to give. China or Russia an excuse to get directly involved. They were already indirectly involved, but you don't want to do that. And B, uh, as they learn with the Tet Offensive, like if if the American public knows that this is like a, a thing that involves uh, these three different countries and this is going to be a war that lasts uh, you know over a decade, they're not gonna they're not gonna go along with it. And that's what that's exactly what happened. Like the story before the Tet Offensive was, hey, we're it, we're we're just six months away from from winning it. They're they're defeated. They're beaten. Don't worry, this is gonna be over soon. And then there's this huge there's this huge attack that you know all over South Vietnam. Like the Tet Offensive was, like if you looked at the t- tactical level, it was a, a disaster for the North Vietnamese. They didn't accomplish all. Uh, all they accomplished was like killing a bunch of people in the city of Hue. That's it. That's all they really did. But that doesn't matter because, like, strategically, it made Americans look at the—I I should say that it, it didn't make Americans look at the war by itself. It gave the well, people— After Ted Offensive started, American boys would say, if you get drafted, you're going to die. Right, but, uh, like, also, I, I don't want to sound naive here because, like, this is also a, 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 a domestic conflict between— Two parts of the United States government and two factions in the country itself, and and the Tet Offensive gave a Cassis belly to the to the anti-Vietnam. They used to call them anti-war, but they're not anti. We know now they're not anti-war at all. They were anti-Vietnam for like specific historical reasons, and it, it gave it, it gave them you know something to to attack the <laughs> attack you, you Johnson, the the Pentagon. Pentagon with and it worked so you don't you didn't want that to get out you didn't you didn't want the scale of the Vietnam War to be known to to the public at large it would that would be a bad thing so I get that on the other hand like all the stuff you're saying about Mac V. Sog it seems impossible to imagine now because it's a different country now you could like we do that we do something like this now I no, actually we, no, we we're, we're more Mac V. Sog than we were back then right we yeah. don't. We we don't give a we like. Uh, from what I understand, the regular army, it, like the the amount the regular army matters compares to the 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 special ops guys. It's just like, it, you, you know what I'm saying? That they matter way less compared to the special ops. Yeah. Guys the, the thing is, they don't seem to be actually that good at doing their job. <laughs> it does. It doesn't. It doesn't go very well. It goes worse for them than it went and went for them in Vietnam. Yeah. I don't know. It's just it. Um. That that just seemed to be like just a monstrous waste. I mean, just a mon like well, oh yeah. The, the just I mean specifically the Mac V Sog thing. It's like well, if this is what it's required, because you know, I mean, I, I, of course I'm sure it's not unique at all. I mean, you know the the guys that flew the um, uh, Air America. No, the the kamikaze missions in Japan right. were some of the best pilots. Now on the other hand. Those guys were super effective. Mm, no, they weren't. 
Uh, everything, from what I understand, kamikaze attacks were, were a legitimate threat, becoming they, more and they, more and more a legitimate threat. They were a very legitimate threat, but they were not the best Japanese pilots. There were a lot of times these were guys who had literally almost no experience flying the plane. But that, cause that was the whole point of the kamikaze attack. You don't have to train someone. You don't have to, like, to train somebody to, to dive bomb an aircraft carrier is hard. It takes a lot of fuel, a lot of time. It takes flying hours. It takes tra- it takes someone to train them how to do that. That's hard to do. It's a lot easier to teach somebody how to take off and then fly their plane directly into the into the giant aircraft carrier. Yeah, but no, like no, even <laughs> even people that are trained and super skilled and stuff. I mean, you read these attacks in these these naval battles, they just seem to never hit the target. Oh, the the oh the torpedo didn't go off again. The torpedo and like you, any of these naval battles you see in the Pacific, it's like here come three waves of American die uh, die bombers or 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 whatever the, the 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 torpedo bombers or whatever. These guys have had millions of dollars poured in their training and all this stuff, and like you know most of them ain't like more than likely they're all gonna die and none of them are gonna get a hit. No, that's that you're talking about early on in the in the Pacific War for the for the U.S. Navy, like the we're talking up the Coral Sea, and then uh, you know half the guys at half the naval pilots at, at Midway. You could say this is exactly what happened to them. A because we had shitty airplanes. Our planes were just worse than Japanese planes. Our torpedoes were like abysmally bad. They would literally not go off when they hit the plane. Uh, the doctrine was not was not good. They were sent those torpedo bombers at Midway and Corsi were sent to their deaths for for, for it would have been for no reason except for like li- they were a distraction to allow the dive bomber crews to actually sink the ships. And like in Midway, we sank three aircraft carriers in like five minutes. Like that, those guys were really good at, w- at what they did. They were w- like they were well trained. But this is like early on in the war because there was. Like, the Japanese had been doing this stuff for years. Like, if you're talking about 1942, the Japanese have been at war for, like, uh, what, eight, between six and eight years, whatever, with China? Mm-hmm. Like, the, everybody in the U, like, almost all the guys on the U.S. side at the time, they're pretty new to the game. They might have had flying experience, but they ain't never, they never dropped a bomb on somebody. But by, by like by 1943, after Midway, it, it we've got it down to a science. We were, you know, smart bomb tier accuracy and that stuff. So no, I don't, I don't agree with you on that. Okay, well, I mean that's that we could find the answer to that. But I mean, uh, I don't like who's going to cause more damage. Like a good pilot, a like in a dive bomber and and you know in the good conditions, whatever. B uh, a kamikaze flying at night late in the war uh with one of these wooden planes that didn't respond to radar i mean he's gonna he's gonna fuck that shit the dive up. bomber because when the japanese still had dive bombers the capability to use them they were beating us like this is something about the pacific war that we had to just leave at night into the end of the war because we had no defense against these these night kamikazes this is the the big blue belt yeah uh the big blue blanket yeah but you know what I'm saying? During in the first in the first year of the war, the Japanese were facing us toe to toe, and they were a lot of times winning. They were doing they were more dangerous with their dive bombers by far. I think a kamikaze attack might have destroyed one escort carrier, which is not even really a carrier. 
the Japanese Navy sank I don't know four maybe five I'd have to I'd have to I'd have to look it's like no there's no doubt the the like the dive bomber is way more dangerous to you but the, the reason they had the kamikazes to begin with was they couldn't do that anymore they didn't have the capability <coughs> to send dive bombers anymore the, the only choice they had was all right new guy put on your headband you're going to fly your plane you're going to fly your plane into the deck of the carrier and blow it up and yeah that is that's a da- a different kind of danger it's not necessarily that, that you are more likely to die, but you're facing somebody who's willing to do that. That's an entirely different kind of attack. Okay, well, um, okay, the end of the war, when they, ha- when they have the, the, they have the, the night kamikaze attacks, wooden planes, radar don't pick it up. Um, like yes, I said, they, the, the, those are all adaptations. To, to, you they had, literally they had to just it. leave. If normal die bombers came, came at them, they would have not just left. They would have said, "Bring it on! We'll fuck you up with our with our uh, wildcats and shit like that." Okay, but it's kind of like if someone's wearing a bulletproof vest and you stab them with a knife. The moral of the story is not a knife is more dangerous with a gun. It's you, you had to do that because you couldn't use the the more dangerous weapon. You had to go to these crazy lengths. You had to operate at night. You had to send people to their deaths and crash your planes into them. And, and to, to to slow down this machine that was grinding, uh, that had ground apart your entire. Okay. Like, I, yeah. Well, look, oh, at early in the war, there is little difference in, uh, like, there's little difference in having a named kamikaze attack and having a normal torpedo bomber attack. Correct. I don't understand that question. What do you mean? Like they're they're nearly as exactly as suicidal. You're going to die whether you're in a kamikaze plane or you're in a torpedo plane going 150 miles an hour headed sure, towards... Sure, but there weren't kamikazes at that point in the war. But if you're saying this is essentially already a suicide mission... Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Anyways. Uh, All right. Okay. Let's... um. Uh, Military <laughs> history. That's the part where I just got to sit back and learn, man. Because I don't. <laughs> you guys know this stuff. I don't. I think I lose the argument if Shred Regiment's number is correct. Shred Regiment says Navy figured one out of six dive bombers would hit. If that's true, uh, and there's that you know there's so few ships on both sides compared to how many how many of these little planes you can crank out. Well, then I'm wrong. Well, I mean, I uh, well whatever. Yeah, just like Carl Shannon, Kam- Kamikazes sank three carriers, and they're all escort carriers at the Saint Lo, the Oriska. I could even say that name in Bismarck. We already had Libtard's name and carrier. No, I'm sure that's probably some super war hero. But. <laughs> yeah, when when the Taiwanese war happens, like the USS Harvey Milk was torpedoed. Yeah, uh, I always took like a to back look. shot from one of the. <laughs> My favorite book by a huge liberal, uh, Dictator's Handbook, has an enormous section in there about how fake Harvey Milk's campaign success was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I thought that was that. peculiar. Like he had no grief against LGBT or anything, but he just wanted to show you like how fake uh, his success was. Um. Anyways, let's okay. keep going. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll link these things together. So we were, we we were originally talking about you know World War Two and how you had to have a villain. You had to have the mustache man. By the you, way, sinking a U.S. ship is like. That's already a relative term compared to sinking a Japanese ship. We we brought back like we would bring back some real garbage. <laughs> that, like uh, 
I think every other Navy would have just let sink. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like we repaired some like some ships that were just toast that never were going to see some combat again. But I guess just to say we could, or I don't know. Well, they're super expensive. But either way, we like a lot of our like damaged and crippled were like, um, you know, if it was a normal part, if it was a person, it would be somebody with with like all their limbs gone and half their head blown off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Sail, sailing the USS Constitution out with the with this unfurling the sails. <laughs> <laughs> all right sorry go ahead yeah so you had mustache man he's the villain of history he's the devil he's he's the the evil the evil figure and you need it you need an enemy well charlie chaplin <laughs> exactly there's a there's a new there's a new enemy and like you can tell who it is because i'm i'm kind of making the joke about his name it's the orange man it's donald trump he's literally hitler he's the the most evil person on the planet right now right Mm-hmm. He's been indicted. Uh, I guess I should hit the fox. I should hit the button, right? Yeah. The dream is dead. Uh, Donald Trump indicted on was it four more charges by special <laughs> prosecutor Jack? Was it Jack Smith? Yeah. This one was in. These are interesting because. The uh, like the other charges he's 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 had so far were like okay well he he's maybe he's giving out classified documents he's not supposed to do and and you know he's been dragged in court for li- lying about allegedly lying about payments to a porn star and stuff that's like I don't know secondary crimes right they're not really they're not really things that people would like it's not nixon kind of stuff right well well, i I mean i think nixon stuff was trivial so yeah yeah i mean yeah so i I would argue argue it is nixon type stuff but not in the way you meant when you said right we're in uncharted territory i mean there's there's not really any way to refer anything into anything else you can rape and kill people and uh did you see that there was um the guy got they caught a guy last week that um uh he was he was set free the guy a guy two or three weeks ago arrested for shooting people in the head and he had just been let go um they they dismissed his trial because uh he was too low IQ to, to be held on trial right wasn't that his thing yeah so yeah he's now he's just like a sovereign citizen if your IQ is like <laughs> is like like 60 65 or whatever you are you you can um what's that thing where you can uh you're the king you can bang people's wives and shit <laughs> prima nocta yeah you have right of prima nocta <laughs> it's 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 uh i don't know could be worse Here, <laughs> and if, Here, if you're if you have a hundred if you were so proud of your 130 plus <laughs> or whatever you could you can uh uh you know you know you know how to do a v look up in, in excel just saying <laughs> Yeah, if you have 130 IQ, you're gonna you're gonna die in the jungle. If you have 60 IQ, you can you can, if you see if you see a woman, just you know whatever. Yeah. Uh, uh, <clears throat> yeah, that that's not funny actually. Uh, anyway, so here are the four indict here are the four charges he's indicted with. Gallows Cons- humor is the prime way that humans cope with terrible pain. By the way, I appreciate that. Thank you. Conspiracy to defraud the United States. Conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding. 
the obstruction charge, eh, you know, whatever. I don't think people care about that, honestly. Obstruction of an attempt to obstruct a... <laughs> obstruction of an attempt to ob obstruct an official proceeding. Okay, so that stuff's always... Okay, like, so he had it, a conspiracy it, and he did it, is what they're saying. The the obstruction stuff, you ever, you ever talk to, like, you know, ghetto people, they'll, they, you say, they'll say, oh, my, you know, my, my baby's daddy or my boyfriend or something... Or he's in jail, and without fail, if you say, "What's he in jail for?" You know what they always say? Obstruction, uh, parole violation. Oh, it's like yeah, well, it's all it's always parole violation. Yeah, yeah, it's like well, what you know, uh, yeah, yeah. you don't just get be bored on parole. You know what happened before that? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, never. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, the same thing is like, oh, well, like instruction, like well, this is all bullshit. Well, you got to get to the point. You know what I mean? Like, that's not that's not actually what's going on. Uh, you didn't you weren't just well, born in court. Well, actually, I mean, in this case, that's that's you can get you can't go down for that. That's really what Nixon went down for, which was trying, which was conspiracy to. Well, he never went down. He just resigned. Well, that was going down. They made him. They made him resign in disgrace. Like that's that's going down when you're actually in power. He he was he was accused of uh, obstructing an FBI investigation and then a conspiracy to have a cover up for it. Which is but this is what part of these these charges conspiracy. You know, Hillary Clinton wrote the paper about uh, how uh, like whatever the indictment was or whatever. Yeah. Yep. Small world, huh? But, <laughs> I'm sure there are a lot, a lot of, a lot of late nights on, on that, uh, uh, on the Lolita Express uh, about the good terms. <laughs> the, uh, I'm most confused about the. And I'm not smart. And I'm not. I'm not lawyer brain enough to understand the conspiracy to defraud the United States part. I don't. I don't. I don't know what. What like, how they're. I mean, it's it's all bullshit. But I don't know the specifics about that. I don't. I don't even get like what they're accusing him of there. But we don't really need to focus on that because here's the last one. And this is real this one really got my noggin jogging. Count four, eighteen USC section two forty one. Conspiracy against right. Now that sounds that might sound familiar because, you know, Ricky Vaughn, aka Douglas Mackey, he's in the pen right now for that for that very same crime. If you don't know that it's a federal statute federal statute Created in the Enforcement Act of 1870 as a way to punish members of the Ku Klux Klan and the Southerners from intimidating or harassing voters for exercising their well, black voters for exercising their new rights, blah blah blah. This Imagine is, that Pee Wee Herman theme is playing again right now. By the way, <laughs> yeah, this was and this is what, why we talked we talked we talked about this a long time not well uh, I don't know last year, and I said that you know, the creation of the Justice Department was. Like uh, a like a literal conspiracy to to do political persecutions of like in, in that in the, at that time like the southern states that's the only reason the Justice Department exists and the, the civil rights movement civil rights act civil rights as a concept are are fake and they only exist to be used in this way and someone asked me afterwards. Like you're just doing a bit, right? You're doing you're like you're the Southern podcast, so you have to say this, and you don't really believe that. No, no, it it's true. And you, I mean, here, you know, if you're listening to this right now, this is here you go. 
They're going to they're indicting the former president of the United States. You know what those conservatives are so scared of? If you tell them that they're in the same jail like uh, as the Confederates, well, the Confederates are the losers. They always lose. <laughs> so you're telling, like, you know what I'm saying? They're sort of like, oh wait, uh, now I'm now I I'm, now I'm thrown in with them. Yeah, well, the the, the 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 funny thing about this, like our version of the Montezuma's Revenge, is that every time they do, like they, like every wily e. coyote thing they come up with to to hurt us, like it always ends up that the rocket spins around and blows up in their face. The civil the the, the, the civil rights movement did that as well. It, but anyway, that's by the way, that's someone well, says civil rights violations are bullshit on the same level of terrorist charges. Well, you know what they are. Because like, remember, all those laws they would have been they would have just meant nothing like tw- like twenty years before they were passed. But they are unique. Like, here's one: Leviticus nineteen eighteen. You shall not wait. That's the wrong one. Um, <laughs> it, though it's, it's the one that says you can't wear two kinds of woven material. And it's and it, it's not. It's, it, this doesn't say like this is just like a. Uh, a, like uh, you know, a, a commandment. Like, this is like this is for you uh, to set you apart. Blah blah blah. Clearly, no one else is going to care about this at all. But these kinds of rules always exist. Okay. But they're 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 religious. Like, oh, okay. like you okay. violate something. Like in other words, <laughs> in any time in history, you could go to the Babylonian times, and if you could go to Babylonia and say, uh, this guy. Uh, you know, he you, you can't explain to him a gun or whatever, but like this, you know, this rock came and hit this guy in the head. He's lying down bleeding. What should happen? They would have the same view as anyone in history. You could you, like everyone understands that. But like if you know, if you went to them or you went to Denmark in the 1920s, you said well, this guy wore polyester and 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 rayon in the same jacket. What should they be like? Well, that. I don't get you know that that's that's some that's something very specific to your religious ceremonies or whatever, right? Violating someone's like violating you know your all the, these bullshit rights or whatever that that come from uh, all these retarded things Russo came up with with the the ban in state of nature like this none of this is like this isn't like uh, being murdered raped uh, a stab this, this kinds of thing. I, I, your point is correct, but and maybe the woven fabric thing is a. <clears throat> It, maybe it does flow, but a lot of those old, uh, like Jewish dietary and other restrictions, actually, it, it wasn't actually like a bullshit thing. They it was it was kind of like something you needed to be able to survive in the desert, and they put a religious thing on it so that people would take it seriously. You know what I mean? Like that's where the pork thing comes from, famously, right? Like pork apparently keeps really poorly in the desert, yeah. so that's why they uh, they came <laughs> up with the no pork stuff. Wait, wait, now, I, I don't know if there was a similar thing for the woven fabric thing or not. Maybe there well, wasn't. And then well, I, I didn't your mean analogy it was, is good. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it was bullshit. But what I meant was like, um, so there were specific rules like, uh, like, uh, Sam, like Samson couldn't cut his hair. And, I, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that like, uh, or there were, there were certain rules that was like, this isn't for everybody, but if you're going to be in the priest class, you have to obey these rules. And and they're and they're they're certain they're not like they they have not they're, they're certainly not like like universal moral principles or whatever. It's just like um, I, I think in England today, maybe they just got rid of this. But if you're 
if you're a judge, whatever, you have to wear a powdered wig, right? Yeah, I, I think that's the, I think that's the case in all the Commonwealth countries, yeah, unless Canada they've too. changed it recently. Canada, Australia, yeah. Now, this is the law. Yeah. The law says you have to wear a powdered wig, and this has and this doesn't mean anything to anybody else. But yeah, you see what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, uh, I think it's it's a lot simpler than that. And uh, you know, our boy Carl Shannon nailed it. And although I would modify what he said, he said the civil rights violations are bullshit on the same level as terrorist charges. But I mean, it's not the same level. That's literally what what they are. Like you, you civil rights laws began their life in 18 the law that, that they're going to use to put donald trump in jail began its life as a way that you could lay federal terrorism charges on people in the south that's like this is that's what it what it is that's what it's always been so it's always been used we were fighting an active guerrilla war against them yeah i'm just saying that's just that <laughs> there was no there was no jurisdiction for them to do that they just said okay well we need to we need a way to be able to to, to make to take these people away from you know, like Virginia and Alabama, and and take them to like New York City and D.C. and 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 try them there. Like this is going to Trump. He's going to go to a jury in Washington D.C. and a bunch of a bunch of libs are going to sit and decide whether or not he should spend the rest of his life in jail. Right. I mean, these rules may these rules were legitimized because uh, groups like the Klan would be fighting in like active insurgency. But then they would do things in the daylight that were not illegal, right? No, no. What, 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 like straight up, what happened was, you know, the, the, like okay, at the t at the time that the, the, uh, these laws were passed, like for example, Virginia was completely under military occupation. There was no like, if you look at the if you look at the election results for like eighteen sixty eight, and I don't know, if, I don't think. I don't think 1872 by then, but I could be wrong. It's been a long time. Like Virginia doesn't have votes because Virginia is under the, uh, literally under the occupation of the federal government. Like it, it's perfectly like, normal, like, perfectly healthy, like Japan in like in 1946. So you, like, you'd have the, you'd have, you'd have these like armed group, you'd have these armed groups and like some of them were like the Klan and, and some other, other groups. And they would, you know, shoot, uh, shoot federal forces, whatever they would be arrested and they'd be tried in the place where they did that. And can you imagine, like, you, you shot a blue belly in, uh, in, in Hazard County, Kentucky, and you go to a trial and there are 12 people from Hazard County, Kentucky, deciding whether you should go to jail or not, whether you should hang or not. Well, how do you think that turned out? It turned out like a guy copping a, a charge in Detroit, right? He called him a cracker <laughs> before he tried shooting. What's the thing that, Chicago, that Chicago DA called, like, mutual combat, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Mutual, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, he, he, they didn't would, feel, he didn't feel safe. They get acquitted. That was a problem for them because you can't have like the you can't have the Republicans occupying southern states oh, okay. uh, against the will of the people who live there if they can just shoot the Republican politicians and and get away with it. So they had to create. So they this, need the federal government in there. They needed a, a, to create federal jurisdiction so they could drag you away and put you in front of Republicans and and convict you there. And that's what they did. By the way, I mean this is the same story that happened to the Italian mafia. There's all this back and forth and and. Even like who's in charge, blah blah blah, and then they're like, "Well, we're just going to pass a law that says we we don't have to obey the Constitution when we're dealing with you guys," and they're done. Reconstruction was more like the Afghan War, 
in that the early stages of it, well, the early stages of it, there was a lot of violence. The violence petered out, but eventually the occupiers decided the Jews wasn't worth the squeeze anymore because they were, they could, they just, they, they couldn't, you would have had to draft a whole new like Irish conscript army and like start the war back over again to complete your goal. So we're just going to, we're going to, we're going to throw in a towel and say, yeah, you guys can, you guys can have democracy. Well, in, just, Af- in Afghanistan's case, it's you guys don't have to have NGO uh, occupiers anymore. You, you can go back to not having democracy. In our case, it was you guys can have your democracy again. We're done. We're throwing in a towel. Which is totally normal. But by, uh, I saw somebody, a big guy on the right wing today, posting about um, uh, like uh, the greatest thing in the world was what Shelby Foote when he said that um, – it was completely impossible for the South to win the Civil War. Hmm. Well, if you, I mean, if you have video game brain, like if the South needs to some needs to like start building Vespine geyser fat reactors and make more stuff uh, than the North and and overwhelm them and stuff, then yeah, it's impossible. But like, if they just need to being annoying enough to Abraham Lincoln lose an election, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit like this. That's like uh, when you're on defense, it's not the same thing. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't think that it was impossible for the South to win the Civil War. It it absolutely wasn't. That's like, what if, what if uh, Stonewall Jackson had a twin brother? What if Stonewall Jackson was Stonewall Jackson at the seven days battle? If Stonewall Jackson behaved like the way Stonewall Jackson did, Normally, during that battle, if he wasn't exhausted from like whooping their asses up and down the Shenandoah Valley for for months when he when he came there, like the the war the war would have I don't know I won't say it would have went different, but uh, shoot, who is the Porter Alexander uh, Edward or Edwin Porter Alexander, one of the OG Confederate historians. He was he he fought in the war kind of a minor figure. He's way before Shelby Foote. We're talking a hundred years before Shelby Foote. Uh, he said, like, his, his view was always, we had a chance at the Seven Days Battle that really all, all it would have taken was for, like, A.P. Hill and, and Stonewall Jackson to not fuck up in that battle. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It didn't happen that way. But, yeah, the people say, oh, it was impossible. It's not, impo- it's not impossible. In, in, a, in a democracy with conscription, you don't necessarily have to, like, match their industrial output or whatever. You just have to make them, like what well, the Viet, like the Vietnamese le- uh, are the greatest example of this. You don't have to like beat them peer to peer. You just have to make fighting <laughs> the war so unacceptable to them that they just can't do it anymore. Naval invasion from from Vietnam to uh, Los Angeles. Or <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like the, the yeah. And, I mean, at the, at the time that it, it, well, whatever. I don't, I'm not going to make this a civil war podcast. But like, if you're talking about 1862, probably. It, up until the Seven Days Battles, if you looked at the casualty figures for the entire war so far, which is only a year of war, like uh, I'm pretty sure the Union had had a lot more casualties at that point than the Confederates did, which is what you'd expect when you're when you're on the defensive. And like if you're fighting a defensive war, you don't have to you don't have to be able to make as many as many cannons and as many shit ironclads or whatever. You just have to make it so they you got to just hurt them bad enough they don't want to fight you anymore. And and absolutely, the South could have done that. It just, it was, it was. There were long odds because there was just so damn many. 
like so the union was so much bigger. It just that makes everything so much harder. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I've been listening to um, all of Jocko's podcasts on the Civil War lately, mm. and um, just the, the main thing that stuck out is like um, so a lot of these big battles basically um, Lee and Longstreet are in position and sort of monitoring uh, monitoring the the Northern Army and uh, Stonewall is on speed dial. Yeah. And like the main thing about it is like as soon as you call Stonewall, like like every conversation they have, and I've listened like three of these different battles. It's like Stonewall arrives. Hey, what hey, what's up, Lee? What's up, Longstreet? And they say, and um Lee's like, okay, here's the uh, here's the plan. Stonewall says, We're gonna attack, 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 let me <laughs> attack, let me attack. And <laughs> And Lee's like, no, 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 no. You're going to be on the defense. You're going to be on the defense. And I don't know. It's just, it's the exact same thing as, uh, as Rommel. You know what I mean? Like every time, every conversation that Stonewall Jackson has with Lee, he says, let me attack, 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 attack. That's pretty badass. Yeah. Well, okay. So if we were saying that when, when could have won the war seven days battle right before that, you had the Valley campaign. Like that's near and dear to my heart because I live in the Valley, right? We, yeah, there's like a billion things named after Stonewall Jackson here. Right, and still, like, there's you monuments. Know, you know, Telegraph Road. Telegraph Road. Yeah, Is that in Richmond. It's like US one. It's it's like the road from DC to Richmond. Okay. Yeah, not really. That's not my part of the state, but okay. yeah. But that, yeah, I guess the Telegraph wire ran from Richmond to DC. There. Yeah. Well, it was named. It was it was named uh, uh, Jefferson Davis highway until like two years ago and like yeah. biden changed it to like oh did they finally change it yeah like you know libtard lane or whatever the hell they did stonewall jackson highway still stonewall jackson highway here for now anyway uh what he does in the valley campaign and why he's like a uh like a super genius let me just i'm gonna i'll just i won't even go into this because whatever i'm not i don't want this to become a civil war podcast but let me let me look, show you the Wikipedia. Like you know the little Wikipedia insert that tells you like how many people were involved in a campaign and how many oh, casualties. Well, yeah. Well, this. I mean, this, like where the Just, the South and the Germans on the Eastern Front are the same way. Like even at, even at the end when the Germans are like you know ten feet from my ten feet from Berlin and it's not and it's nothing but thirteen year old boys and seventy five year old men. Uh, the German the Germans have less people and inflict more casualties. Okay, but just I know, but you might be surprised at this. Maybe you haven't, because I've probably ranted to you about this before. Strength of the United States Army in the Shenandoah Valley campaign, and understand this was like this is happening is like a secondary front. They're going on Richmond. They're the seven like the Peninsula campaign. They're about to in 1862 destroy the confederacy the war is going to be over because they're going to capture richmond they're going to destroy lee's army and capture richmond that's their plan they're going to flank through the shenandoah valley so they can do like a pincer move and basically in the in the rebellion right then union forces 52,000 men it's a lot of guys and it's a pretty like you know it's not it's not a huge area stonewall jackson's <laughs> Department of Northern Virginia, 17,000 men. Casualties and losses, Union, 7,000. Casualty and losses, <laughs> Confederate forces, 2,677. 
<laughs> and and th- that doesn't even tell you the story because you're thinking, oh, I bet you he did all these like defensive moves. No, he divided his little ass army up and kept attacking them over and over again in places where he would. He had seventeen thousand versus fifty two thousand. Almost every battle he fought, he had more guys fighting than the other side because like, he was a genius, a tactical level genius. He could move his he move his men around and against like the against, against a superior foe have like local superiority and that's how he like he just he forced them to leave the valley and ran all the way back down to join the to join the battle at richmond anyway people can argue about whether or not lee was like a, a great general which is stupid because he was a great general like that that's pretty much oh, yeah. obvious but you could say he wasn't hannibal or whatever right, you, right. there's no argument about about Stonewall Jackson, he was like Hannibal tier military genius. He's the he's the greatest American general that has ever that ever lived, and he and probably will will no probably will never have another like tactical genius on his level ever. He was our greatest general. Yeah, you know this. There's there's a lot of um, hiding this or whatever, but but Stonewall Jackson is still worshipped at all these military academies and stuff for obvious reasons. Yeah, we we I mean we we love him here. Like, but yeah, he's, yeah, like I said, the, he's not even from the Valley. He's from West Virginia, but like we, we named everything after him. We worshiped him. Uh, I, I, the next big fight will probably be when they try to rename his stuff. My guess. Yeah. Well, you know, the, anyways, all those different stories. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm, I'm sorry, Fredo. And <laughs> all those Jocko podcasts, what was so interesting is that Lee would find like the best defensive location possible. Like he's on the ridge, he can see everything. Um, I can't remember what. what well, anyways, Fredericksburg. Uh, yeah. So uh, Fredericksburg. Have you been to that manor or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyways, uh, so he always picks the best spots on the stuff, and they're like, "Check this out, Stonewall Jackson. We're going to defend this spot. You, you got your overhead, blah blah." blah. And he's like, "Fuck that! I want to attack. Let's attack <laughs> now. Let's attack. I don't know. It's just so based. You know what I'm saying?" Yeah, I mean that was the, the <laughs> when they when they let him loose in Maryland. They're like, okay, we're gonna attack Maryland. Like, okay, yeah, I'll see you in Philadelphia later. Well, you know, this is exact same thing Rommel did. You know, Rom yeah. Rommel they turned off the radio because he knew they would they would say, what we need to form up our, our uh, uh, you know form up all our forces. He's like, fuck that, <laughs> I'm gonna attack. Um. Okay. So we were talking about Donald Trump and Sorry being charged with the Civil Rights Act, right? That, that was that was what the original. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, what's the problem? I mean, th- this is what the, the um, there's like a clear line between this that building past and uh, here. It's it's always the same thing. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not just a clear. Yeah, it's directly. It, 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 and here's the thing: um, in the past, there was a fig leaf where you could say, "Ah, oh, well, if you weren't a member of the, <laughs> a member of the Ku Klux Klan, you have to worry about this." But like, obviously now. That's not true. Douglas Mackey's in jail for violating this law. Donald Trump could be in jail. Fredo, you said that they they indicted as co-conspirators a bunch of lawyers today too, right? Yeah, people that gave him legal advice on. I know one of them was uh, legal advice around the the theory that Mike Pence could uh, just refuse to certify the election results. That that they were all unnamed co-conspirators in the indictment. Yeah, the I mean that's I mean that's unusual in that like they just gave legal advice, right? They, 
I mean, you can't, as a lawyer, you know, knowingly help someone perpetrate a fraud, and that's what they're going with here. But that's not what was going on. I mean, they were putting forth a, I mean, no matter what you think about it, colorable, at least, legal theory that Mike Pence could do that, right? Like, that was not just, that was not just, like, some, like, weird thing just pulled out of nowhere. That that was a theory that certain people did believe Pence uh, had that power to do under the Constitution. Uh, I believe everybody now that it's not possible anymore. Now everyone acknowledges it was possible because they be, they were trying to pass bills to stop it, and they talk about it like it was a threat that he could have done that. Now, now that he there's no chance for him to do it, they admit that yeah, he could have just he could have not certified these results. I don't think that's even like a uh, um, a, a theory anymore. Like, the, like AOC said that shit. Yeah, so I mean that's a good point too. I didn't even think about that angle. So that that makes it even stranger, you know what I mean? Like that because the indictment itself apparently refers to it as a ceremonial action, which if we're to believe what various people have said <laughs> at the time, it very much That's was perfect. not so, right? No, it, 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 they're right. It is ceremonial. All everything that happens in the Capitol building is ceremonial. Jesus. That, that's that's fucking amazing, yeah. Oh that's, not, that's not what they mean, obviously, but like, that's true. <laughs> yeah, you, you, this is like the queen, you know, the, the queen receiving the scepter or something. It's not real. This isn't real. You guys can't do the, do the democracy republic crap. This is not how it works. You know who really runs the that's that's incredible. Uh, the defendant, his co-conspirators, and their agents made knowingly false claims that there had been outcome determinative fraud in the 2020 presidential election. Now, I guess like. I think the, the what, what, what nails them there is they apparently have like people on tape saying that they know that the allegations they're making are false. That's my understanding. They, I, uh, they have they have either t they have tapes or other memorializations of conversations where like the people that were putting these arguments forward were saying like ah this is bullshit but I'm going to throw it out there anyway. Why this this is this is what I this is why one of the reasons why like the the libs win because I don't think you'd ever hear in, in, them ever say something like this like oh this isn't true but we're gonna say it anyway right they might think it but they would never say oh yeah we didn't win the election I mean we know we didn't win the election but we we have to we have to fight it they would be like no we 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 won this election you know you know what I'm saying. Yeah, they're they they never break the fourth wall. You know what I mean? Like when it's an act, they're all doing the act, and they don't admit that it's not an act. Here, you know what I mean? By Curtis Yarvin's book, he, he uh, he's got such a great stuff. He, about here's this. here and here's the funny thing, and it it like, well, gallows humor funny. If these guys end up going to jail. They will have gone to jail because the re I can tell you why. I don't know that I haven't heard the tapes. I don't know the context, but I'll tell you what the context is now. It was embarrassing to 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 say like, well, the election was stolen. Like, it's like to say that you have to say, you have to you have to like make a claim that is ridiculous to people of your social caste. Like, if you're a lawyer, you you're going you're probably hanging out with people and going to dinner parties and stuff with people who are upscale libs you're not you're probably not hanging out in the holler or whatever hanging out with trump voters a lot or if you are they're not the kind of people who who were willing to do this like 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 a lot of the j6 people were not they weren't like working class they were people who like uh, small business people and, and, and they were kulaks 
thank you. You 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 nailed it. But they're not. Some, I'm sure there probably were lawyers there, whatever, because I think somebody got disbarred for it, right? But you you get what I'm saying. This is not their their uh, people in their social caste, and it's kind of embarrassing to to be doing that job, and and because. Well, that, I think there, I think that's part of it, and then the second part of it is a lot of people were using this as a grift to exploit people to take their money. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I yeah. mean, we know that there were people that knew that there was nothing they could do to overturn the election results, but they still raised a bunch of money based on the like a bunch of stuff that they said that was knowingly false, right? Which that, by the way, actually is. Yeah. probably actionable not criminally it's civilly actionable you know what i mean like going around and saying something willfully false to like fundraise to enrich yourself yeah that is that is civilly actionable but the idea that like you're gonna go to jail uh you know like uh, for this sort of crime for that is just sort of ridiculous fundamentally illegitimate fundamentally illegitimate uh about what elections are supposed to be by the way going back to the um uh the thing about uh like do lives really believe it so curtis jarvin's uh his great work of history he says like um so you know he doesn't say this part but i'll, I'll fill it in uh, you know people that like believe shit they say they they see on tv they see shit on uh, tv they'll believe it yeah uh I think in 2020, we found out that's a lot of people. Yeah, well, I mean, so this used to be a common phrase, but it more meant of kind of a frivolous thing of, like, they saw something on Sally Jesse, and you, they would hear about it at work or whatever. It, it, they wouldn't, like, they didn't really go that far. Got far. But Chris Jarvin says, like, okay, so that, that sort of thing, okay, uh, the, the liberal is, like, someone that has turned that into a superpower that like you, like you can deploy them something. If you show them something, um, um, who's the British guy that, uh, tells the same John joke? Oliver. Oh, John, yeah. that's where they get their marching orders. Like he's the guy, which I've said this every time he comes up. So I'll keep saying, it, cause there's always a listener surprised to hear it. His wife does psyops for the defense department. That's literally her job. <laughs> he, he is married to his handler. Yeah, he is. Uh, uh, but anyway, green so, card marriage, by the way. <laughs> so also he, correct. Yeah. If he, if you, um, if they hear something on there, they not only believe it, but like, uh, I mean, they, they like believe it with all their heart, right? So like, uh, they love it, like that. And and you, you might find that crazy. I mean, you might find that crazy, but like, remember. This is a this is a superpower for them. This is like something that you hear a lot of. A lot of people make fun, and not un unreasonably so, of um, the sort of new generation of of right wingers that we are not um, unassociated with. Uh, I love that phrase. It's one of those those like sort of bullshit. Be like uh, like not necessarily like doesn't mean anything at all. Just kind of like lawyer talk, but um, it, you know uh. One of the things they make fun of a lot of people like us, which is not without merit, is that we talk about like political power and wielding political power and shit like that, which uh, you can look around. People like us haven't done that very much. And, you know, in the phrase, you know, what what they're saying is stuff like, uh, you know, uh, Batman try to turn turns the light out. And Bane says, you know, 
this is like a stupid trick for you, but I was like, I didn't see light until I was like 15 years old. <laughs> you know what I mean? That that's what like the, the sort of political machinations are when you're dealing with these people. It it, it shouldn't it, it shouldn't surprise people. Let's just there. This is kind of an old classic, and it's funny because the person writing this was a a commie or whatever, or being nice a socialist. I'm, the DSA people probably love it. You heard of Phil Ox, right? He was one of those 1960s Woody Guthrie. Yeah, kind of like that. Uh, he, his famous song is uh, "Love Me, I'm a Liberal," right? Where he's he's, he's, he's shit talking liberals. Let me let me read you the the four lines. It's just because so, this is like I always thought this was really funny. The people of old Mississippi. This is this is from in the voice of like the libtard, right? This is he's he's projecting the voice of a libtard, right? The people of old Mississippi should all hang their heads in shame. I can't understand how their minds work. What's the matter? Don't they watch less crane? Who was night? Who was the guy who did Nightline in like the sixties? <laughs> like, what, what's the matter? Don't you watch John Stewart? How could you? How could you be so wrong about things? It's like they've uh, they've all <laughs> they've oh. they've always been like this. Oh, I, so that that's someone that knows the lib because they're like um like bedmates with them. The uh, uh th- they don't like brother. they don't like the he doesn't like the libs because he he wants them to be. Dumber than they are, but like he's making fun of how they like what they watch TV and they that becomes like which no, which is like that's a funny like that's a funny accusation because like that's literally every person who who is uh, like a boomer or after like if if you were old enough to to for TV to be a part a part of your life uh, you, your adult your like most of your adult life you have been your brain has been invaded by the television and it has made you like constructed constructed the world that you live in and changed the way you think about things and how you relate to it movie before this movies and newsreels did the same thing but it wasn't as effective simply because you weren't watching a movie and a newsreel every day like tv does this to everybody tv did this shit to less to uh to phil ox too but the thing is, lib, libs used to pride themselves on like on on like, and this is what he's doing. He's a, he's like a socialist, which is like you know, uh, like the super level lib. He's making fun of people for being stupid who, who watch TV. That's something they used to do. They don't do. Have you noticed they don't do that anymore? You don't ever. You don't really hear some. You might hear them complain about somebody who likes Fox News, but you don't hear them. Talking about dumb people who only watch TV nah, and don't nah, read nah. books. They're way they into never it. do that now. In nah. fact, they're all about that now. Uh, one of the big tweets that going around today, one of the big um, sort of Chapo people tweets today was um, uh, says, You are seriously fucked up if you think video games, all video games have to be fun. And uh, <laughs> what? Yeah, you what know, the hell was the context of that? <laughs> well, this this is sort of a common right left thing for gamer like the Gamergate guys were like one of the big complaints they have is a lot of video games they there's uh they, they don't really have any aspect of it that's supposed to be fun. And um this was always considered like a, a like a a logical like problem. Like why why would you do this? And so now, you know, there's just sort of this open like well, who like well you know your you game shouldn't shouldn't be fun. Yeah, you, you know the real reason why because there it's this this is a uh this is hiring all their friends. You know what I'm well, saying? Well, I mean the 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 reason it, what what 
like, okay, yeah, the the reason they're saying this is like you need to give more jobs to people in our political coalition. But like yes. the the like the the uh, excuse is actually not every video game should be fun, Fredo. What it should be is a way to teach people progressive politics. Like it should be, it should be, and some of them should be propaganda. And it shouldn't necessarily be fun. It should be, you know, you should be stuffing your stuff, their, your crap down their throat. And a lot of times that's not fun. That involves uh, humiliating your enemies and ruining the things that they like. For example, video games. Yeah. Another example, like, uh, like I think a lot of conservatives have blood problems sort of like modeling things like, um, uh, Lord, like uh, ring, the Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. It's like, you know, Lord of the Rings, that's like the ultimate franchise for like just like like european peoples in general like this is uh this is like our fairy tale and uh mm -hmm. yes but it's it's more than that because it's like it's the last standing christian it wouldn't even have been maybe conservative at the time but conservative now like the old the, the old world view like it, it's it's the what about the the lion the witch and the wardrobe and that that deal that's next the Barbie director is 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 going to be directing that one next. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> Seriously? Uh, they're, they're 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 so far ahead of you. They they were born. You merely adopted the darkness. They were born. <laughs> but uh, so you know the thing. Like so, there's two ways to do this, and perhaps at other times <laughs> it would be like Greta Gerwig writing dialogue for Ozline. That's uh, that. Uh, yeah, I'm going to join the town. Uh, that that might be a crime to say that. I'm just joking. For legal reasons, that's a joke. Right. So um so one way to do this is like, okay, we have control over this of like the biggest thing you could possibly like fuck Barbie. And this is Lord of the Rings. Like we could make this sort of like an alluring, like you can't turn like like very entertaining thing and slide in some propaganda. But that's not the world where like it's sort of like the, the military. It's like the libs now control the military. Like they could set up like the you know, like like uh like some kind of red shirts type thing and and have all these sort of like uh commandos with allegiance to them and shit. But that's not really that's not really them. Like what they're just gonna fill up useless people with this job, which is more important than some kind of like, okay. Now we're going to like, there is like when you talk about like all this super propaganda stuff, that's the, the, you're talking about the future and stuff. That's not, that's not the mode they're in. Uh, they need more jobs now, blah, blah, blah. Anyways. <laughs> Every time you say stuff and the little, your little bubble lights up with, with Dacon. <laughs> 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 this is the future. <laughs> come Nerevar, come. <laughs> mm, <clears throat> all right. Yeah, uh, so, I mean, let's talk to the person who, who actually knows about this. Fredo, is, do we learn anything new from these indictments? I feel like we didn't, but maybe. I mean, maybe just we that didn't. they were willing to go that far. None of the facts were new, I don't think. Well, I mean, we, there was a question they might try to charge him with sedition, right? <laughs> like, yeah, that would have been going farther that's true. than this. They actually intentionally did not do that. They uh, they went this direction instead, but this is like I mean this is this this is jail time. This is your life in jail if you if you're if you're convicted. Now I want I've seen people who were very sure of themselves that the Supreme Court that, that, that this these charges will eventually get thrown out on on uh, appeals all the way to the Supreme Court. I 
I, I don't know why they seem so sure about this. Do you have anything to say about that? No, I mean, nothing's sure anymore. But that, like, it, that is po- it is possible for them to keep going up the chain to uh, to the Supreme Court to. Yeah, for sure. But the Supreme Court, I mean, if I were them, I don't know if I'd even want to hear it. Do you know what I mean? Like to to get yourself involved in that. I'm not saying like that's not cowardly and they shouldn't get involved in it, but I could easily see a situation where they don't. And who are you more scared of? Like, uh, you know, in the Dark Knight Rises, <laughs> they pull the mask off of Bane in the airplane, and Bane. There are like seven or eight operators with guns pointing at them. Bane is in is in why is in hand ties or, or handcuffs, whatever, and uh you know he's kneeling or whatever, and Bane says, We we want to find out if Dr. Pavel told you everything. Dr. Pavel looks at her, he's like, I didn't say shit, I didn't say nothing. <laughs> Which is like uh Pavel knows how this is gonna end. You know I mean even though he is officially the, the CIA has him <laughs> and they have the guns and Bane is in handcuffs. He knows how this is going to end. Who do you think they would really bet their money on? Well, and also, I mean, Pence came out today and said that, uh, here's the exact quote, today's indictment serves as an important reminder. Anyone who puts himself over the Constitution should never be president of the United States. I will have more to say about the government's case after reviewing the indictment. The former president is entitled to the presumption of innocence, but with this indictment, his candidacy means more talk about January, blah, blah, blah. This is, he's, I'm running for president. You know, if Johnny, Mike, Johnny Quest, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, if Race Bannon decides that he wants to really rat, uh, rat f the, the the president of the United States and put him in jail, he could probably do that himself, right? Like he could he could testify against him and 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 probably put him away in jail. I, I mean, I would just I, I would assume that it, I mean he I'm sure he doesn't want to do that because he, he wants to continue to be a Republican politician and. That if you do that, you're not going to be that anymore. But you know, hey, there's other stuff you can do in life too. Yeah, there's a lot of people who can screw Trump, who can screw Trump over. And then, like the funniest possible outcome would be that he gets convicted on one of the myriad of charges, but he wins the election anyway. And that, I'm telling you, I know that everybody's cynical about this because you know they're gonna whatever they're gonna they're gonna stack the vote, blah blah blah. But you know. All that all that has to happen is in the intervening year things get worse. That's all that has to happen, and you could have a, you could have the guy winning the election from jail, and then at that point, what happens? Oh yeah, I mean that could I mean that could certainly that's within the realm of possibility. I think it's pretty unlikely because they've got a pretty good hand on uh, sort of rejiggering around whatever they need to do to get the votes. And he'll be nowhere near organized enough to have people on the ground to stop it. And once it already happens, we already know what happens if you try to challenge it after the fact, right? Like you gotta, you gotta be on the ground catching it while it happens. So like, I think it's unlikely, but it's within the realm of possibility. Yeah. What happens is, is if you, if, if there's an yet another election where the people who lose do not believe that they lost, and like that's been the last three, right? Well, yeah, the la- well, well, we'll say the last two. There were murmurings about this in 2012 as well, but you know, whatever. Not nobody went buck wild about the way it did in 2016 and 2020. If we have a third election in a row where the people who lost 
believe it was it was literally stolen. You're gonna you could have more state legislatures and governors just saying, nah, I'm not going to listen to the federal government anymore. That's already kind of happening to, to, and on both sides, by the way. Like, you know, California says they're not going to follow certain, certain Supreme Court rulings, and Texas and Florida say they're not going to listen to the federal government on certain things. That's like The most likely outcome is, is that that continues to deepen, and that we're just going to see more and more se- sectional... I don't know, strife, whatever, hopefully not violence. But, like, you're right. If, if he wanted to, if, if a, a, you really think that there was some kind of direct fraud perpetrated, you know, at it, it, it 3 a.m. in, like, Michigan and Pennsylvania and whatever, you would have had to, when you were still in charge of the executive branch, do something about it then, that night. You Like, Bog Beef called this, on election night, he's like, "You need to get U.S. Marshals and go there right now, because there is some, some weird stuff's happening." You, you're not, you don't, you don't have that luxury in 2024. You're not in charge anymore. The other guy's in charge, and you're just, you're never going to have a, a better opportunity if you think that's what happened than in 2024. I'll, I'll, the only thing I'll say is the the stuff that where they've been caught on camera saying like, yeah, this is not true. It, it, it leads me to, leads me to wonder like, you know, it, it is within the realm of possibility that the, the accusations of like the direct cheating didn't really happen. And the, like the cheating happened all above, all above ground. Like the cheating, the cheating was, yeah, it was all the cheating, right. It yeah. was all legal. A lot or a lot of it was legal. Right. Like, I don't know. I think, but, but ballot harvesting is le- is legal. It's not legal for you to to sign a bunch of ballots and and pretend that you like you know that, that people voted that way who didn't. But you don't need a de- like you don't need a conspiracy in in the in the Arizona like you know the Arizona's uh, Secretary of State's office. You don't need a, like a, a shadowy cabal of people in Philadelphia. You just need Democratic operatives to just do these things on their own in these places that they run and they have total control over, you know, right. like there's, there's no conspiracy necessary there. They're just going to do that stuff. And that's what people do during elections. So it's, it is, it is actually the same possible. thing with the pipes bursting in Atlanta that didn't happen. And like, yeah, like all that yeah. stuff, it actually, you know, it just didn't require coordination. There weren't Republicans there to stop it. Right. So like those people were just going to do it. Like, you know what I mean? Like there may yeah. have been like certain level of, coordination but not like it's not it doesn't not necessarily joe biden on the phone like you know the pipe burst stop the camp you know what i mean like it, yeah. it when you're so disorganized that you don't have anyone doing anything on the ground or paying attention to this or like a lot of those local elections right were run by facebook employees right like remember that yeah. whole thing yeah, yeah. like that's that's perfectly legal, unfortunately, and they were able to get away with that because they just spent the money to do it and did the pre-planning. This is the only reason why I'm I'm positive the Republicans are going to lose. Now, the only reason why they wouldn't lose is if my math is wrong, uh, be, uh due to COVID. That sort of that the COVID, uh, and this is what people say. They'll uh, they'll say that well, um. A lot of the more hopeful Republicans will say that, well, actually, ballot harvesting isn't going to be a big deal this time because uh, there's no COVID. Therefore, all these um, absentee ballots won't be printed, et cetera. 
Now, the problem with that is that I, I, I said we were going to do a stream where we went state by state and looked at the laws on, on uh, this form of th- this, this uh, innovation in American elections. And, but I did this on my own and I went and looked at, at all these laws and there's a website that has all these little send you to the statutes. You can go read the statute for yourself. And you know what they say for most States? No, I don't. What? They don't say anything. They don't say anything. They just don't say anything. Or they say sort of things that are like not super relevant it'll, or it'll say like, uh, well, you can only, you can only take a ballot for your family member it doesn't say what happens to you if you like, like they just, most of them, they just don't say anything. And so, and what time, you know, uh, it's 2023 already. It's 2023. How, how much, how, how much longer do we got left? Yeah. A, a, a year and some change. Probably because they get blown the fuck out, man. It, 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 it like now I don't now look that, they, they can still play this right <laughs> you know like the like you're the confederates or whatever you can still play this right uh and well if you're running for off if you're republican running in ohio or florida you'll do fine you do perfectly fine because somebody because not only do people care not only but also these state houses were were, were republican they were able to they were able to actually get these things in fine print Anywhere that has anywhere that has like under a certain percentage of absentee ballots, Republicans are going to win. That, that's just how this is just how this like. Uh, that's why I mean, it's probably why like, everybody knows that. And so uh, this is why like you, you know, all, there really isn't all this amount of propaganda this time around because that's not really how the, the game is going to be played anymore. Uh, speaking of which, there is someone, believe it or not, that has won election from prison America in recent American history. Uh, and it's a doozy. You ever heard of Joe Morrissey? No. So he was, uh, he was a, he was an attorney and let's see, he got caught for pedophilia in like 2013. Ugh. Uh, banging. Now the one, the one, it was mostly, it was like teenagers but he did. He did have some. He did have some some pedo porn. Uh, he was disbarred and everything, uh, in jail. Nonetheless, big winner in the Virginia uh, Virginia State Senate. Let me see what what his district was because, uh, well, that's at uh, Henrico County, Virginia. That's Richmond. Yeah, that's Richmond. So uh, Richmond was able to look past that. Um, anyways, uh, so what happened? Well, he just won the election and, and, uh, governor Ralph Northam just, just, uh, 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 pardoned him. He Northam was an interesting guy because my favorite, like, yeah, yeah, (laughs) that (laughs) the best part about that is I had a conversation about him today with somebody. We were talking about how the death, we don't, we no longer have the death penalty in Virginia. We used to be the the second most executingest, whatever you would state in the union after Texas. And, uh, thanks to him, we no longer have that. 
I can't tell you what we said about Ralph North today, but yeah, he's still on the radar. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Continue, Fredo. No, I was going to say my favorite part about that whole affair was there. Part of the reason why he got away with not having to resign over the blackface scandal is they went down the line of succession. <laughs> the lieutenant in, governor. Yeah, like there was like the like lieutenant governor, and then there's one more, and then the next guy in line was like a Republican. I think like the fourth guy. And the problem was the fir the the first three guys in line to be governor, who were all Democrats, could not like you know confirm with like precision that they also never wore blackface so there was like this idea if i remember correctly there was this idea that like if he stepped down because of it they could end up with a republican governor because th they would get photos of the next two guys as well oh it was worse than that because uh the <laughs> the um the the lieutenant governor of um of virginia at the time Justin Fairfax, the you know, uh, was um, also a sex criminal. So they 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 had roster issues. You know, they, they, the the depth chart wasn't great for them. Like the guy, like the lieutenant governor, was a black guy when Northam was was uh, in trouble. Okay, that's right. I think he had the sex thing, and was it? Th there was one other blackface guy. I think there was the guy. Oh, I'm, I'm sure there was. Yeah, <laughs> the guy after him in line. I think it. I think this sounds right now. Northrum had the blackface thing. The guy after him was black, but had the sex criminal thing. And then the guy after that was a white guy who was not able to like confirm that he had never done blackface. <laughs> you know, I asked this once before. On like a, a Twitter space or someone, someone gave me a great answer. I can't remember the answer, but um, so in my my fraternity, like, I mean, we were wild guys, right? So, um, but every Halloween or every big party we would have where people would dress up, there was one guy that no matter what, he was coming in blackface. <laughs> he was going to dress up like a thug with gold chains and stuff like that and all this kind of shit right so one guy like i don't know if that would ever like occur to me or whatever this guy wasn't like like very political he didn't talk about black people that much i think this shit but he would always come in blackface sorry Freddie, you want to have some i was gonna say i mean justin trudeau man that was his thing yeah and so this guy would always come in blackface no matter what you know he's bringing a woman there with him and all this kind of shit and uh now all these years later by far, he is the most successful person that was in our fraternity. He's sort of regionally famous. <laughs> he's a, on borrowed time. Is what you say? No, no, no. It's different. Like he's a high power lawyer. Um, like, and I was like, so I was sample size of one, but like, what? What? Is, why is that? Bobby's basically thinking to himself, "Now I should have done more blackface in college." No, what, no, I remember what someone told me. They said that like this is some kind of like um, like self incrimination thing, or something like that. Um, no, I mean when Northam did it, it was in the eighties. Nobody cared. I mean, you wouldn't do that in like you would. Uh, Ted yeah, Danson but, went in blackface like nineteen ninety. No, yeah. but Northam was was one of these guys. Northam's his his nickname was the Coon Man. <laughs> he he 
that's what they called him in in the military and college. Like under his like uh, in his uh, VMI graduation, it says like Ralph Coonman Northam. Like this was his. I thing. remember that the yearbook that was like a thing that got circulated around, like a, like a like a picture of the the page from the yearbook that showed that. Yeah, like other people were like, "Oh, this guy, um, he, he his family is a farmer. They 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 call him, you know, uh, uh, you know, they 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 call him One Eyed Joe, or this guy, uh, you know, this guy runs track. You know, they call him Speedy. <laughs> if you're Ralph Northam, you're the coon man. You do the blackface." You're you're the coon man. Like this it's, is their thing. You know, in Top Gun, you got like you got Maverick, you got Iceman. Well, it's like he's Moon Cricket. It's just that's just the way it is. Yeah, he's the coon man. <laughs> oh, <laughs> check your six. Holy shit, it's coon man. <laughs> I I've been listening when I come home in the evening lately. I I I'll listen to about thirty minutes of um of uh Tommy Sotomayor. <laughs> It's a way to kick back and relax. Yeah, it's a great show. It's a great show. Uh, <laughs> Hillbilly Elegy, Kramer's license plate, and Seinfeld was ass man. Yeah, chicken soup for the soul. Got it out there. Uh, and, you know, that, you know, Tommy Sotomayor, you know, that's what all the pro black people call him as the coon. Yeah, that's what they say when you like, when you're, when you say things that the Democratic Party doesn't like, they call you coon. Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, I mean, uh, it, it was a slur for uh, black people, but like, would it, would it, in that context, it means like that you were like a, I think it was, I can't think it was post slavery. It was like you, you were, you worked for the white man. You let, you wanted to suck up to the white man. You were, you know, you were the, the, I guess the post slavery version of a, of a house boy, right? Mm -hmm. You're cooning for the white man. It's, you, know, you know what's interesting? And I, I don't know what to think, but like, you know, on 4chan, a lot of right-wing stuff, there'll be a lot of this discussion where, like, oh, you know, the big problem is that all the white women, they just they just love <laughs> black guys, right? You, yeah. You hear this? Yeah. If you go to Tommy Sotomayor world, or, and, like, all, the all like, the pro-black stuff, right? You go listen to any of these sort of um, Tyreek, Nasheed, and all this kind of stuff. They do the opposite, yeah. It's the exact opposite. It's the exact opposite. All they talk about is that all these black women, they just love white guys. They're they're both they're both they're both wrong. Like the the rate of, of of black and white people dating has gone up, obviously, since like the like nineteen sixty or whatever. <laughs> but like but it's not a lot. It's a very small amount of a small number of people who like who who date like outside of their of their ethnic uh, uh, sorry out of their ethnicity unless you're like Asian and that's probably more like there's just not that many Asians Asian here. Asian and Latino and, yeah, with, like, and, and Latino it's because you're you're mixed race by almost by definition yeah I mean the the Latino thing is like yeah that's that almost doesn't count right well, <laughs> and so they got a guy like uh you know the the white guys they'll say like uh Tyrone or whatever you know they they want yeah. Tyrone. Well, the black people like so they like they accused all the black women of liking Travis Kelsey. You ever heard of this guy? No, but it's a very <laughs> I like that name. It's he's a football so, player, isn't he? Or yeah, so, so supposedly there's this guy Travis Kelsey, and every black woman loves this guy, and uh, he's like I don't know he like you know every picture he's always smiling ear to ear. So it just it's just like a weird flip of this thing. Like he is the Tyrone. 
for black people or whatever, except it's a white guy. They, you know, they see Travis Kelsey with their wives or whatever. Oh, this guy, it's just a beautiful. That makes sense. Like this is the most basic human thing, which is like, ah, there are these outsiders and they're stealing our women. That's like the most common thing in the world. Well, it's, you know, the military, this is Jody. You know, you're worried about Jody banging your wife. If you're a black guy, you want Travis Kelsey. Yeah, but the difference is that actually happens. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like if you look at the stats, like like you should be worried about Jody if you're in the military. You don't need to worry about Tyrone. That's a BMI issue at this point. Never mind. Never mind. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna Charles Barkley this podcast. What's better is that he's a ginger. Yeah, I wouldn't have picked that. I wouldn't have picked that. You know what I mean? Well, he's gotta be blonde or ginger. Like that that's like the that's the whitest white guy you can be, is either blonde or, or ginger. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like the thing is, it shocked me. I would have never in a million years guessed that this, like, that, that they had this exact same thing. They really do. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> All right. We've gone pretty late. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you're listening to this on, on, on Spotify or whatever, we do have a Patreon where we have member only content. Samuel Urban Podcast is going to be on there. The X-Files will be on there. Other other things we do there. It's patreon.com, good old boys with a Z. Check us out there if you're if you're listening to us for free right now. God bless. <laughs> good night, everybody. Making their way the only way they know how. Let's just a little bit more than the long, long, long.